0: are listening to episode 54 of the Take the Reins podcast with Nikki Porter. Welcome and thanks for stopping by you're listening to take the reins a weekly personal growth podcast for horse owners if you're invested in becoming the best version of yourself in all your relationships both human and equine this is the spot for you through our conversations you will learn how to become a stronger communicator leader and deepen the connection you crave both in and out of the arena Horses have an awful lot to teach us, yet very little of it actually has to do with horses. They reflect back to you who you are emotionally, physically, and energetically. They are a mirror to your soul, and it is time to take an honest look at who you are and who you want to become. I can't wait to connect with you, so here we go. Hello and welcome back to the Take the Reins podcast. I'm your host Nikki Porter and I feel like I have so much to share with you right now, but I'm going to keep it brief I promise because I have an interview today that is really great. It was just such a joy to have this conversation and honestly I feel like I should stop calling them interviews and just begin calling them conversations because I got off of this interview slash conversation as well as the next one that I'm going to share with you in two weeks time and each time I kind of left feeling like, you know, what's the definition of an interview versus what's the definition of a conversation? And I feel like as I'm touching base and connecting with these like minded individuals, it really transforms more into a conversation that we would have if we met in person or um, had a phone call conversation for the first time. And I really feel like that is part of the joy, and part of the amazing uh, experience that is a podcast because it allows you to really have that back-and-forth conversation. So stay tuned. I'm probably going to continue to use (laughs) the word conversation versus interview. Anyway, I'm going to share some news with you before heading into this interview. And the first thing I wanted to share with you was the launch of my podcast My new podcast, actually. It's a new podcast that I'm co-hosting with my dear friend and business partner, Nadine Smith, and it's called Canada Horse Podcast. It is, oh, I just feel like it's such a great opportunity to connect with other horse people, on so many levels, especially within the Canadian horse world. So we're going to be highlighting the Canadian horse world, but at the same time, we're really looking to be able to offer a place for equestrians to become informed, not because as hosts we know everything or feel like we know everything, but honestly it's all about offering information that gives people choice and allows them to choose things based on their own needs and their horse's needs. We're going to be Discussing different topics and interviewing people under the three pillars that we have our whole business formed around. And those pillars are tack and equipment, personal development, horse development, facility, community, and business and employment. These pillars really open up the conversation and open up the platform to be able to offer information and education in so many ways, but also gives us some structure so I absolutely love it and I encourage you to head over to Canada Horse Podcast you can find it anywhere you find this podcast or your favorite podcast platform and uh, check us out we have five episodes out right now and right now is February 8th so we have another one coming out it's going to be a bi-weekly podcast because I'm pretty sure if I decided to pick up another weekly podcast my husband would uh, lose it Because they are quite time-consuming, but they're so worth it. Because first of all, I absolutely love podcasting. I love the interviews. I love the editing. I love everything to do with it. So, uh, bringing another one on, I thought was a great idea. But I do did have to recognize that I can only place so much on my plate. So. That being said, uh head over if you have a time or if you have time to kind of bring another podcast bi weekly into your schedule. Um I really do believe not just be because not just because uh it's one of my own, but I really do believe this is one that is going to be um it's gonna be one for the books for sure. Okay, my next bit of news is that the aware horsewoman is in full swing and I love this program. Uh, we have some amazing women in it, and I just have to give them a shout out for trusting Beth and I and coming in and working with us. And we just started into module two today. We're dis- we're discussing pressure, and it's the the insights and the conversation are incredible. And I just. I can't wait to see where we all are at the end of this six weeks. So if you are looking for a program that helps move you forward, it helps you feel stable in your decisions with both life and your horse and it, a program that really does teach you how to increase and enhance your awareness to show up as your best self and really offer your best self to yourself and everyone else, um, we will be running this program again, I can guarantee it. It's just been so rewarding so far and I can't wait to see where the rest of the uh, the time that we have together takes us. Okay, enough is enough. I'm going to stop talking about that. I'm going to move into this episode because it's, like I said, it's a great conversation and this individual offers a lot of really great insight and just... It's so good. I'm going to let it speak for itself. So on today's podcast, we'll be speaking to Felicity Davies. And Felicity, she'll tell you kind of who and what she does. But I was really drawn to her on social media, on Instagram, because we are very like-minded. And you'll hear it throughout the throughout the interview. But I encourage you to check out Felicity's podcast she hosts the equestrian perspective podcast and you can find her there and you can find her on instagram as well under Felicity Davies so I think that is all that you need to know heading into the interview and I hope you enjoy hello Felicity Davies thank you for being on the show hello how are you going Nikki thank you so much for having me I'm so good. I'm so glad to be having this conversation with you today. When I found your Instagram profile, I immediately thought that I needed to connect with you. So thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to speak to you.
1: No problem. I'm so glad that you found my page and you resonated with it. So yeah, I'm really happy to be here once again. But yeah, I'm excited
0: to dive in. I really do feel like a lot of people are going to resonate with it from the people that listen to the podcast. So I'm excited for them to get to know you a little bit and for them to be able to discover what you do and what you offer and, and uh, all of that sort of thing. So to get us started, why don't you just tell me who you are, where you're from and what you do?
1: Okay. So I'm Felicity Davies, as you mentioned earlier, I am from the Adelaide Hills region in South Australia. So the area that, not many people refer to (laughs) if you're from the States or Canada or wherever you're from. Um, So yeah, bottom of Australia, it's really beautiful place. And I am a
0: horsemanship and mindset mentor. Okay, wonderful. So I really enjoyed your page because I kind of connected to the fact that you're working on the mindset pieces, as well Mm -hmm. as I see you kind of bringing up these pieces of horsemanship that really resonate with kind of like what I teach and and what I believe in. So Mm -hmm. you and I have had a conversation just briefly about your form of horsemanship that you like to teach and how you really feel like horsemanship needs to be broken down and simplified. Uh, Can you explain that a little bit to us? Sure. So I feel
1: like horsemanship as a whole regardless of whether you're someone that wants to dip your toe in and just sort of improve it from a competition aspect so you can build a better relationship with your horse or whether you're someone that wants to go full in and wants to do all the liberty and all of these things I feel like there's a lot of people that teach horsemanship but they innately are very good at working with horses they're great at working with horses which is amazing but if you haven't sucked at something before, sometimes it's harder to teach someone that sucks at it right now. That's so, such a great way of putting that. I love that. Yeah. I'm I'm someone that has definitely sucked at horsemanship and groundwork and all of those things before, I didn't really get it at all. So I guess I've gone through that journey of having to learn it for myself, being confused a lot of the time, and then finding these pieces that actually simplify it to the point where I understand the what, why, and the how behind how it all works. So I find if I understand that, and this is what I teach my clients, then you can essentially apply those principles to any situation so that you can feel empowered rather than just pigeonholing one lot of information to one exercise and not seeing how it ripples across everything else. So yeah, I think if you understand the what, why, and the how behind what you're doing with your horse, then it honestly just makes life so much easier. Um, And yeah, you've got these tools in your toolkit to be able to apply them to all different kinds of scenarios.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's funny that you say the what, why, and the how, because Mm -hmm. that's exactly what I actually had this conversation with a client today. So I was riding her horse and we were talking about the what I was doing, the why I was doing it and the how I was doing it. And we were having the Mm -hmm. conversation around so many of us ask our horse of things that we don't even, we don't know why, and we don't Mm -hmm. know what we're looking for. We kind of know like sort of like a little bit of uh, something else, but there's some struggle there and it's very difficult for us to be able to see and know what we're looking for. And it causes a lot of gray communication.
1: Completely. And um, I see this all the time with clients because, and that's where I've really found, um, I launched a online program last year, the Confident Equestrian Program, where I guide people through all sorts of horsemanship exercises over a period of 12 weeks so that they can form Mm -hmm. a great connection with their horse and desensitize them in any environment, all sorts of things. Um, and what I found really powerful, because initially I was quite skeptical. I thought, eh, how is this going to work in an online platform? Mm-hmm. But I find if you give people the what, the why, and the how away from their horse, let it soak in so mm-hmm. that they actually have time to process it rather than them standing there in person, they're trying to absorb information and mm-hmm. apply it straight away in front of someone that they're trying to be perfect around. Mm-hmm. Um they kind of get that time to just soak it in, sleep on it and then apply it with their horse and always refer back to it, which I know for myself is really helpful when I'm learning something new. I just need that time to make it make sense for me because everyone is so different. Like some people are visual learners. Some people learn by sound. Some people learn by feel. Like some people learn, they they learn all different kinds of ways. So then it kind of gets people um, in a space where it's working for them rather than it just being like, do this right now, and you have to
0: be perfect at it now. <laughs> yeah. I could not agree with you more for that. So, there's two things that you've said since we started that click in my mind a little bit. And one mm-hmm. is that literally everything is figure outable. And I just made a post about this today. Everything is figure outable, even if you suck. However, it's so much yeah. nicer when somebody offers you a simplified version mm-hmm. of that, right? So, you can figure something out the hard way. Or Mm -hmm. you can go to someone who can help you learn it with a little bit less struggle. There's always going to be that learning curve and there's going to be hardship and it's going to be difficult at times. Mm -hmm. But sometimes Mm -hmm. we almost feel like we're not succeeding if we're not struggling. And Mm -hmm. that's not always the case. We can't, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We can ask for help. And it's fantastic when somebody like yourself looks to break things down so that you've done the hard learning and you can say yep. oh this is this is much better. The other part of that is also part of a conversation I had today. I feel like like uh, there's a reason why we <laughs> spoke today. But it was a conversation that I had with someone and I said mm-hmm. I really enjoy the fact that all of this information is being given online because I teach clinics, which are two days with my husband. And I said, it's almost like, you know, I really enjoy the clinics. I value clinics and I want people to be in clinics because they are valuable. But at the same Mm. time, it's so often that you know, the clinic setting is difficult for certain people because it's not, it doesn't suit yeah. their personality. Like I really yeah. enjoy learning something, stepping away from it, perfecting it to the point of like me feeling a little more comfortable, confident. So not f- yeah. fumbling in front of everyone. And then I can feel mm-hmm. my way through it a little bit more and then going, feeling a little more informed, um, versus like the clinic where, you're there and you might even like get fast paced of things and you see all of these awesome things that happen and you go home and you're like, I have no idea how to replicate any of what just happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah, completely. And um, I, I completely relate and I'm the kind of person as well. If I have to do something in front of someone, I'm always a little bit like Oh, I want to do it perfect. Whereas mm. if you just tell me the information and I'm on my own, I guess it's just that my own kind of insecurities flare up at that time. But mm-hmm. if I'm on my own, I generally don't find it that difficult to play around with things and get a little bit creative with the process. And I feel like so many people have that same feeling to the point where, um, in regards to the clinic setup, I went and watched a really popular horsemanship uh, trainer and he hosted a clinic and I went and watched and one of my clients actually had one of their horses in this clinic and I felt a little bit sorry for the participants in the clinic because there was about a third of the arena with fence sitters Mm. sitting all around the edge. And there were three people with three horses inside the arena. And obviously, a third of the arena is taken up by people sitting down. Mm-hmm. And you're getting, you're put in, you're just thrown in the deep end. Mm-hmm. Like all of your insecurities would flare up, like trying something new. You're in front of someone that's famous. Mm-hmm. And you've got all of these random people watching you and potentially judging you. Mm-hmm. Like I just looked at that situation and thought, I don't ever want to put my students through something like that if they mm-hmm. won't comfortable with that. I just don't feel like that's an optimal learning environment for people. Like that's just my opinion. Some people will yep. thrive in that environment, but yeah, I just really felt for the people that were spending a lot of money to be at that clinic, mm. um, versus the fence sitters who paid like 30 bucks for the day or whatever it was, right. but
0: yeah, anyway, I've yeah. gone on. No, not no, that's, that's really, that's a really great point to bring up because even people who are confident, could struggle Mm -hmm. in that environment. So if I think of of myself, like I really, when I'm confident in something, I actually ride better when someone's watching me. But if I don't know it, then uh, like you said, you're kind of like fumbling and you're not really sure. And you're second guessing Mm -hmm. yourself and you're, you're wondering, Mm -hmm. you know, like, am I going to do it right? You don't want to mess up. Um, so, you know, I went to a a clinic, this would have been about gosh 5 years ago 4 years ago now and i remember mm. i watched that clinicians youtube videos over and mm. over and over again to see how he handled his rope and his and his whip because i knew yeah. that he did it a little di- in a little different style so that when mm. i went to the clinic it didn't mm. look like i had never seen his work before so i handled my tools in a way yeah. that i confidently showed at least some connection to what he was teaching. And then I wasn't overthinking things. If I had have gone into that clinic and looked and been like, oh my gosh, I've never been exposed to any of this. It would have been a different story. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I find it really interesting that people don't give themselves the grace to take time when they're learning. Mm -hmm. Like with our horses, if we shape things down and break things into tiny pieces and you understand that process you kind of get acclimatized to going, oh, okay, I'm happy just to ask for one step today or two steps. But it's hard on the other end. If you're teaching a horse and you're learning yourself, you've got to like, um, you've got to be making sure that your energy is in the right place, your posture is in the right spot. You're applying your cues at the right time. You're doing like five different things when you're just asking your horse for one thing Mm. and you're beating yourself up for not doing it right. And it's just like, it's hard. It's Mm -hmm. really hard. And Mm -hmm. like, it's okay to slow that whole process down for your horse and yourself and just notice the similarities in your horse. Like, if you try to combine five different elements with your horse and make it perfect straight away, it it ain't going to work. And it's Mm going to be the same for you, too. So, yeah, I think it's just through that process of slowing down, which is what a lot of my students start to learn about and they, their intention for the week is often patience like because Mm. we're just so ingrained to kind of do things quickly and get to the next step and whatever but then they realize that the slow way is the fast way and not only for their horse but for themselves too like Mm. it just all kind of comes together but yeah it's so interesting that we expect ourselves to be perfect Mm -hmm. in that learning environment especially with things Mm -hmm. new um and it's hard
0: (laughs) And I like, I I don't knock clinics at all because not only do do we teach them, I really enjoy them. And I know that there's value in them, but there there is something to be said about having an opportunity to audit someone's work before you put yourself in that learning position or understanding Mm -hmm. yourself as a learner and Mm -hmm. a horse person and a personality in order to make sure that you're optimizing your experience Mm -hmm. and knowing whether something like an online course versus a weekend clinic versus like, uh, you know, a two week immersement, whatever that might look like. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if immersement's a word. (laughs) I know what you mean, (laughs) but you (laughs) know know what I mean? So it's like, Figuring out what really works for you and understanding yeah. that if you're not comfortable going into that clinic setting, because I know people, so there's, there's people that don't necessarily feel like going to a clinic is right for them. And then they almost feel like they don't have any options. If they don't have somebody to yeah. be able to come to them personally, yeah. they feel like they're stuck and they're alone. And I think yeah. one thing that COVID has done for all of us uh, yeah. in the teaching space is to make us like it forces us to say I better show up online because I can't go to somebody um and yeah. so I think I would encourage people to actually look and and actually see like who is their teaching online right now and and what information can I gain that's more comfortable to me and then how do I step out of my comfort zone a little and maybe find the clinics that resonate as well
1: completely and like Um, I hope to run some more in-person clinics down the track, Mm. but the way I'm kind of thinking about it right now is it'd be awesome to get all of my clinic participants enrolled. Mm. And then we do a zoom group. Everyone introduces themselves. We all know what everyone's problems are. Everyone feels comfortable with everyone and they can get the base learning theory there. And Mm -hmm. then you can do your clinic and you don't have to spend all of that time doing it. And everyone's already comfortable with each other. So it's not like you're, meeting someone new, you're feeling that judgment from other people or just being a little bit unsure about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Everyone's there. You know each
0: other. Happy days. (laughs) That's a really good idea. Um, Mm -hmm. We spend... Oh, we say we spend an hour at the beginning of our clinics talking about theory and introducing and having the conversations that need to be had before we deal with horses, but we're always longer than an hour. And I think that you would open up to some really great conversations if people didn't have that pressure in the back of their mind that they were taking up time that other people would want because it like, we got to get the clinic going. So yeah, I think that that's a fantastic idea. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, But it's, it is really interesting as well. Like as we transition to some online stuff, how a lot of the times my clients are a little bit hesitant. How does the online thing work? Mm. Can I do this? Is, is it going to make sense? And it's just about giving themselves permission to try that, that new thing and give it a go Um, because I guess in the online space in regards to horsemanship, there's a lot of great videos, but they're not necessarily guiding you a full process with like one-on-one support and things like that, which is what I offer. Um, And then they realize, actually, this does work. Like I can do this. This does make a lot of sense. But just that, um, I guess, willing to try something new and Mm. realize that, okay, having these conversations and a lot of the times... a lot of clients I don't even see videos of their horses Mm, we have the conversation they explain what's happening and I can say oh I noticed you said this word here um what tell me more about that because that seems a bit off let's dive into that or it's a mindset block that they're having which we can shed and then they can move Mm -hmm. on so yeah it's really interesting in that regard how that whole side of things works and then I guess you're giving people that feeling of empowerment because they don't have to be like, Oh, okay. I have to rely on someone watching me all the time or me mm-hmm. just trying it and not having that help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they can start to trust their own intuition and knowledge, because if yeah. they're saying it's going well and it is getting better, their relationship's getting better. Mm-hmm.
0: It's getting better. Like, yeah. yeah. they are not
1: lying. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's nice because then you don't impose your expectations on what is yeah. good enough. They're just yeah. saying that for themselves. So I really like that.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's really interesting to see the, yeah. the journey unfold.
0: Yeah. So I guess the moral of the story here is for people to really be able to be flexible in their thinking yeah. of what's available for them and how they can yeah. receive help. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, we really are never alone in our horsemanship as long mm-hmm. as we're willing to, to reach out. And I yeah. do believe that 2020 is offered platforms for people that actually mm-hmm. offer more support as opposed to less even though we ended up being less connected physically yeah. just more connected through the internet in my opinion
1: yeah definitely and give so many people like especially people that live remotely mm. you have so many more options you don't have to worry about oh I, I want to do this clinic I have to travel days to kind of get there and do mm-hmm. it and just like I can literally and this is I love it, especially with problem horses, Mm -hmm. um, in quotations, I like it as well that people can work with them from home. Like they can work with them from home where the problem is address Mm -hmm. it there and then transition to new environments because transitioning to a new environment, you're probably just setting yourself up for the trainer to do most of the work with
0: your horse. Let's be honest. 100%, 100%. So
1: you can kind of work on them where they're feeling more comfortable at home Yeah, With some support and accountability and help along the way, then when you go to the in-person lesson down the track, whenever Mm -hmm. that is, you're going to be set up for success so that you can actually get as much as you can out of that space rather than just handing them over to someone else.
0: Yeah. Oh, that I couldn't Mm -hmm. agree more with that 100%. The great thing about online is they can be a visual learner and they can go Mm -hmm. over it and over and over without the pressure of... Mm -hmm. eyes on them and holding up the clinic and that sort of thing. So that's fantastic. What do you feel like is the most common mindset block that people come to you with? You could tell like more than one, if there's more than one that you're like, oh, if this is the thing I could help people break through, what would it be?
1: I think there's a, it it really depends because there's different groups of people. So some people, particularly if they're, some people, if they've had Uh, Previous bad experiences with horses, or they've got these confidence issues around working with horses. It's that fear of getting hurt, which is completely understandable. So just working with them in a way that they can go, okay, here's here are all the ways that we're going to mitigate that risk, and here are the ways that you can learn from these past experiences that you've had, whether they're in your lifetime, in previous generations, in past lives, wherever you want to go, depending on the person's sort of level of mindfulness and awareness and awareness and all of that Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one group of people that fear of getting hurt Um, and then I guess the other group of people it's more that uh, what's coming to mind is that judgment side of things Mm -hmm. that worrying about what other people think or feeling like they're not good enough Mm -hmm. Um, they're sort of the main things that kind of pop up for most people and I'm pretty sure everyone's got their own not good enough story. Like that's just such a, such a common thing that everyone seems to kind of get at some point in their life. But yeah, those
0: are the things that really pop up. often. Okay. I love it. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about judgment and the yeah. fear of judgment. It's so, it's so huge and it impacts so many people. What is your advice two riders that, you know, they're, they're, they're great riders, but Mm -hmm. they just can't really hold it together if they feel like people are watching.
1: Sure. So in that scenario, I'll give you my approach based on how I think you could work with it. I myself might use some different tools like one-on-one, but I just want to keep this broad so that anyone listening can kind of apply that themselves. Perfect. So I think in that scenario, it's important to kind of go, Basically, what I do one on one with people is I guide them through a subconscious process where we work out: okay, where is this coming from? You've got this fear of judgment. What is what is that about? Is it because you're not good enough? Is it because you've had a bad experience in the past? Like, what is the thing that's really making you kind of question your writing ability when that happens? Right. So, um, and most of the time, it's pro- yeah, yeah. So most of the time, it's probably that worried about not being good enough. Um, even though that they know that they are mm-hmm. so what I would do in that situation is go through I use um, neuro-linguistic programming and we go through a parts integration where we go okay there's one part of you that knows you're good enough and there's another part of you that worries that you're not good enough especially in the presence of other people let's work out how are these parts serving you
0: because
1: mm-hmm. they're there for a reason mm
0: mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, it's such, um, such an important piece to like, so let's just repeat that. They're there yeah. for a reason.
1: Yeah. They're there for a reason. So if you look at the, the highest intention of both parts, often this is where people get the breakthrough from it. Often is they'll get to a point where they realize that the part that wants them to be good enough is like, obviously wants them to be happy, right? Mm-hmm. Cause they want to feel confident. They want to feel empowered. They want to feel amazing. And the part that doesn't feel good enough wants to keep them safe protected and ultimately happy. Mm -hmm. So once they realize that they're both working for them, not against them, Mm -hmm. then they can work on integrating them. So that's one piece where I would kind of look at if people just wanted to look at that on their own, maybe journal it out and kind of go, okay, there's this part, there's these two parts of me, how can I understand them a little bit better so that I can work on, okay, what is this about? (laughs) Right. Another thing I would get people to do in that situation is probably some like visualizing
0: mm-hmm.
1: because if they, if you guide them through a visualization process or if you just do it on your own and just think about, okay, I'm writing, everything's feeling amazing. And then someone, maybe someone that particularly triggers them walks through mm-hmm. the door. How do they feel? Because if they feel a little bit closed off in that moment, just thinking about it, then there's so many opportunities where they can kind of work on that away from their horses and kind of build on that confidence. So a little tip I'll give to your listeners that I share with um, my students is using an anchor. So in that situation, what I would do is go, okay, how can we pair a, um, a cue with an emotional response? Because you know that you can ride and feel amazing and powerful. So what I normally get my students to do is when they feel like that and they're riding on the the ground, you flick your little fingers out. And the more times you do that when you're feeling empowered and in that state, then when you're feeling out of state, you can flick your little fingers and that feeling will come back. It's like when you look at someone and they smile at you, you automatically feel happy. It's a cue related to an emotional response. So that's what I would do and I would get them to practice visualizing, okay, I'm riding around, um, I'm feeling really good, flip my little fingers out, stack, fire that anchor. And then that person walks through the door and then you feel a little bit worried and you fire the anchor and then you automatically feel better. And this would help if someone else guided them through that um, just so they can have that kind of neural pathway built up in their brain where they can kind of go, Oh, okay, I've got these tools with me all the time. Um, and I've practiced it and I've rehearsed this happening. So then it becomes second nature when it happens, when they're actually riding and they're in real life. So and that's think, another way that I would probably go about it, but
0: yeah, that's, that's brilliant. And I think it's really mm. important for people to understand that mm. their brain and body, the reason why visualization works so well and why yep. it is so, it's so popular in sports and it's really yeah. gaining in not only popularity, but understanding, true understanding of it, um, mm-hmm. is that your your brain and your body don't know the difference between not. The actual experience and the visual, visualization. So I think that's a brilliant example of really mm-hmm. being able to work through things outside. And, and I think it's important for people to understand that they can really use that to help them in any situation, including if you want to go to a clinic and you're worried about mishandling your ropes or you're you're unsure of how and where to be, you can use Mm -hmm. that to your advantage in so many scenarios.
1: Completely. It's like, I like to relate it to if your horse is tense, you ask them to lower their head. That lowering of their head helps them get in that physiological state where they feel more relaxed. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. So you can kind of look at those parallels and be like, okay, well, that works for my horse. This is what I find helpful with horsey people anyway. If they get the example shown right in front of them with their horse and their horse calming down and then they go, oh, okay, I'm going to apply it to me. And then they can kind of see the parallels in both situations and be like, oh, okay. It works for both of us,
0: (laughs) but yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Do you mind if I ask you for a book recommendation? Oh, okay. Yeah. Is there anything that you say, okay, whether it's horsey or not, what do you feel like somebody really could dive into to get a better grasp? I should say.
1: I guess I go on so many different tangents. I mm-hmm. kind of just pick up bits of information from lots of different places. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be diving into a lot more of this kind of stuff as well. Oh, I do it in my online courses, but in, I've just released a podcast too. So oh, congratulations. Thanks. What's yeah, the name so of it? Equestrian Perspective. Okay, great. Cool. So I've got two episodes out at the moment, um, but they're horsemanship and mindset focused. But otherwise, I'm just trying to think at the moment what would kind of give you a deeper understanding in regards to mindset and that kind of thing. The book that kind of coming to mind is called The Four Agreements. I read it a long time ago, but I feel like that's a great place to start um, for a lot of people just to realize, okay. I'm looking,
0: um, I'm looking over my shoulder because I'm just checking, yes. I do have it in my pile behind me, like fourth book. Have you down. read it or not? Yes. Um, and I can yeah. completely agree. Yeah. It, it allows for a great shift in perspective in so many areas. Yeah. Absolutely. But otherwise
1: I kind of, um, I find in regards to the horsemanship side of things, there's probably uh, not as many resources that I've found personally in regards to these two topics together. Yeah. But if you kind of look in other areas Um, or if you just look towards depending on where you're at I found um, looking into manifestation and that kind of thing in regards to like working out your subconscious blocks and kind of releasing those really helpful and the inner child work and things like that but really just let your intuition guide you like if you just search on Instagram in the search bar like whatever you're sort of thinking about mindset manifestation spirituality wherever you're at and just kind of roll with it i'll often just start listening to a podcast and if they recommend something i'll start reading it and then um or listening to it and then i kind of just pick, pick what resonates with me and then go oh that would work with the horses it's the same yeah. thing and kind of just blend it all together i think but, that's the um, that's
0: the best part of of personal growth anything yeah and horses yes is that yes. if you are in a mindset where you're looking to develop your horsemanship yes. and you're also yes. looking to develop yourself as a person, you literally cannot read a personal growth book or a book mm-hmm. on leadership without making those continual connections between the work that you do. Like it's, it's Completely. impossible. And
1: Absolutely. even I really like, um, interviews or autobiographies yeah. with like famous people and hearing their full journey. Mm-hmm. and kind of being like oh okay I can see that they've gone through like struggles and triumphs when you kind of just see the the normal the highlight reel normally yeah. um and digging in a bit deeper with that so like Tim Ferriss interviews some great people that are sort of high profile I listened
0: to Matthew McConaughey's audio I was just book. gonna say Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey so I loved good. it so good have you
1: did you listen to the audio version or the re- yes or did you read it
0: the the he's audio. So
1: how can you not listen to Matthew McConaughey in audio? You have to. <laughs> such a good storyteller. And also um Tim Ferriss's interview with Hugh Jackman, like you just realize how much these people are uh so invested in their own self-development, their own preservation of their energy. They generally all meditate or do things like that, or they've got their own kind of spiritual practice. Um and yeah they just committed to like living their best life people don't get in a position that they're in by accident oh um or they don't maintain it very long if they do
0: yeah have you read or listened to the audiobook the source by tara swart no i
1: haven't but i commented yeah. on your thing the other day but i yeah i'll check it out because the manifestation uh group that I kind of got interested in is called to be magnetic and Tara's actually signed on with them. So she's in quite a lot of their podcast explaining the um uh psychological side of manifestation. Yeah.
0: It is it's honestly it's incredible. Um I yeah. listen to it while I'm doing stalls. And if 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 you're someone who is like, I, I need to have a scientific connection to the spirituality for this to make sense to me it aligns perfectly i'm an english major but i still very much rely on science even though i suck at it i need it (laughs) i need it to make sense and her work is like just fantastic to the point where i reached out to her as soon as i i started listening i was like this is this is just it's brilliant um yeah so I reached out to her and her, I think it's her chief director. I'm, I hope I have that correct. I believe it is. Uh, her name is Louise and she does equine assisted learning stuff. And so I got connected up with her and she's coming on the podcast. So that might be somebody that you connect with because, yeah, I think that you would resonate well with, with that sort of work too. And it would probably intri- uh, contribute well to your podcast. So uh, yeah, I, I recommend Thank reaching Thank you for out sharing that.
1: But yeah. she seems like such a lovely person as well. Just so like down to earth and nice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you could leave us with one, I don't want to say piece of advice, because we don't necessarily need advice in our lives as much as insight Yes. If you could leave us with a bit of insight in the back of your mind thinking connecting personal growth with horsemanship, what would that be?
1: I don't know. The, the thing that keeps popping into my mind um, is this quote, which I heard on Tim Ferriss was interviewing Terry Crews. It's a great episode. Check it out if you're into that. Um, but one of the quotes that Terry mentioned was, in order to have, you must do. And in order to do, you must be. And this is what keeps popping up for me at the moment and I see it so much in my students because if you want to be confident, you want to be successful, you want to be the person that has an amazing relationship with their horse and goes out and achieves their dreams, you need to start embodying that person as best as you can now. Mm. And what ways can you start to do that? So I like to ask myself, okay, um, or at the moment, I'm just kind of saying to myself, "What would millionaire Felicity do?" Right. Yeah. Like if I want to create a really successful business and all the things, things, what decision would she make right now? And I say this to my clients, like, okay, what would the confident version of yourself in this moment? What would they do? So whenever you get stuck, you can start to go, okay, they're not going to get frustrated at their horse. They're not going to blame other people. They're not going to um, dwell over these things. They're going to kind of get the lessons that they need to from it, pick themselves up, get the help if they need to and kind of move on. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, I like people to kind of, Envisage the person that they want to become and how they want to show up and whether they get inspiration from other people um, to do that and kind of start to go okay how can I imagine myself being that person now what does she look like what does she dress like, Mm -hmm. how does she show up and start to embody those changes right now where you can, so you can start to become her now and realize that it's a reality for you probably a lot sooner rather than later and if you start showing up in that way then you're going to have the things that you want and you're going to and then you're going to do all the actions that are going to encompass all of that so it's kind of all connected so um, I'll give you another example Um, at the moment I'm in this other business course and they're basically just going okay how would you show up as your best self? Like, would you, do you feel better waking up in the morning, putting some makeup on, wearing like nice clothes? Do you not? Like, do you want to just lounge around all day? What do you do? How often do you work out? Like all of these things and start incorporating them into your routine right now. Because if you can be the happiest version of yourself right now and start doing the actions that your highest self is going to take,
0: you're going to get there a lot faster.
1: Oh, So yeah, that's
0: that's absolutely. Where I'm at right now. I could I like I think I've said this how, I don't even know how many times I've said this in this podcast mm-hmm. interview is I could not agree more. So it's yeah. so funny that you even say embody it to the point of like, what would she wear? What would the highest yeah. version of myself wear? Because when I was listening to the interview, it was I was listening to a podcast episode on Jenna Kutcher's podcast, oh, yeah. The Gold Digger. And that's Uh where I was introduced to uh, the source and Tara Swart. And in that interview, she said, I was envisioning, you know, who I want to become and whatever else. And then I realized that when I was visualizing this person who was me, but me in the future or me as this person, I was wearing like a certain type of jeans and I was wearing this, this outfit. And she said, when I finished, I realized I don't even own those jeans. So the first thing (laughs) she did was go and buy the jeans that she was envisioning herself wearing. So it, it sounds so simple but if you're wearing sweatpants and you're laying in bed all day and the yeah. highest version of yourself that you want to get to is wearing jodhpurs and beautiful custom-made yeah. boots, then there's a little bit of a divide there that you can step into part of who you want to be a little Completely. more easily than you even think.
1: Yeah, Completely. And it doesn't have to be like huge change all at once. If you can't financially kind of step into that, you just have to make those smaller changes to be like, okay, I'm not going to just act like this all the time. I'm at least going to put some effort into how I kind of look and show up. So I can be that version of myself. But yeah, I find that, um, that really powerful. And even another thing, like if you've got items around you or like maybe your stables are really messy or something Mm. like that, and it just makes you feel crappy, like, would your higher self kind of like allow that to be your situation? How, how can you kind of make your environment energetically fit you so that you can feel like you want to go out and you train your horse and you feel confident. You're not judging yourself the moment you step into the stable going, mm. Oh, I didn't clean up the stable again today. Like, like I'm going to feel like that pity for myself now. And then that's going to spiral onto the rest of your day. So, yeah. Yeah just start to kind of look around and be like, okay, what do I hate in my environment and how can I change it right now? Um, And what sort of shifts can I make in regards to leveling up where I can so that I can start to become this person?
0: Yeah. Oh. And like the thought of how, how do you feel in each of your environments? And you know, when you like the clottery barn, that's a perfect example because- If you are someone that clutter makes you anxious or clutter makes you distracted from whatever you feel like you need to do, um, then it's really important to understand that you might be cranky. You might be feeling triggered. You might be going through something and it might not have anything to do with your horse. It might not have anything to do with your husband. (laughs) It might all be because you're in an environment that is not conducive to an optimal mood for you. Completely.
1: And sometimes, like, if you can't sort of keep those habits, it's important for people to kind of not get annoyed at themselves. Ooh. Like, mm-hmm. you've kind of had these ingrained in you for years, and there might be some deeper kind of subconscious stuff going on that you've hold- you've held on from past experiences, because I know for me personally, like, um, I would... In the past, like clean my I I'm a perfect example in regards to the mess thing. I would clean my room after being nagged to do it when I was a kid. And then I would do it and it would never feel good enough. So I was just like, Well, why do I bother? Mm-hmm. Screw it. Mm-hmm. So then I kind of take that approach to other areas of my life and I go, Oh, what's the point? It's not gonna be good good enough. Here's that word that phrase again. Right. So And you see that with people like the way that they eat and just through all areas of their life, they judge themselves for carrying these. um, Well, they just judge themselves for not being able to do things perfectly right now because there's all of this stuff that they're hanging on to from their past that they haven't kind of like tapped into and learned from and kind of let go. They're just storing it in their body. So if you're someone that is trying to be the person that they want to be, and it's not quite sticking um, there might be some deeper work for you to kind of tap into, to realize, okay, why, why am I allowing myself to do this? What part of this
0: doesn't feel safe for me because of whatever's happened in my past. Yeah. And it's funny mm. you say that because I am the person that works better in with order, but I'm a mm. messy person. And yeah. I, I say I'm a messy person because I clean and feel like everything feels fantastic, but instead of it being a matter of being good enough, it's actually a matter of prioritizing. So then as I continue the rest of my days, I don't prioritize these things because they're not at the top of my list. And then the mess gathers up again. And I look around and I'm like, Oh my God. Um, and have to go back instead of, and there's a couple different things here. And this, like, this is, this is kind of real talk for people. This is where you start to dive in and and really gain an honest perspective of yourself. I recognize the lazy part in myself that doesn't do the action necessary to keep the place tidy. There are lots of other elements to the situation, But there is an element of laziness there where I would prefer to go and do something else versus do the thing that keeps the room tidy in that moment. Um, so, and I think that's, that's important for people to really go, ah, yeah, yeah, that's there. It might be a negative thing for me to say, but it's an honest reflection. And until I get honest about it, I'm not going to be able to deal with it.
1: Completely. And it's the same thing with lots of different situations. If you go, okay, I want something, but you're not taking those actions in, in alignment with that thing. There's something getting in the way. There's there's a mismatch there. And it might be this deeper underlying feeling that you don't even know was there. Yeah. You can kind of like force yourself through it and just make a habit out of it. But for the most part, um, depending on how you're kind of wired, uh, you might be okay for a short period of time, but then you might find the same patterns keep on like coming back. Cause you just haven't addressed those Underlying causes, but yeah, I completely relate to. Yeah, I feel like this is clean and this feels great. I'm going to do this all the time. I'm going to eat all these healthy things all the time, and then like, I don't know what happens, and it's just a mess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So, Felicity, I feel like uh, you and I were we were definitely meant to connect. Uh, yeah, I feel like we're on the same page in so many different areas. And Mm -hmm. I encourage everyone who's listening to go and check you out and to follow your journey and see what you have to offer because I value this work greatly and I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. And if I don't end it somewhere, I have a feeling (laughs) that I'll be up all night and you'll be talking all day on Zoom (laughs) instead of doing other things. Uh But. It's just been an incredible conversation to have with you. Is there anything that you want to, is there anything we didn't discuss that you want to kind of like, oh gosh, I wish I had been able to say this.
1: I guess just the last thing is just, if anyone's listening, like just always trust your intuition, like always be guided by what, your body's telling you what you feels right. And it's so easy to get off that path of not knowing what you want or knowing what feels right. But just start taking those small shifts towards, okay, like how can I lean more into doing things that I love and doing things that feel right for me, even if it feels uncomfortable at times because other people aren't necessarily doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just realize that there's a safe space for you in lots of different capacities. And there's so many people out there that can help you if you're willing to kind of get the help um, and just realize that that could potentially fast track your process to reaching your goals or being the person that you want to become. And there's no shame in any of your journey, like absolutely none. And that goes for people that have had smaller amounts of trauma to big amounts of trauma. Like it's all relative for every person. And You don't need to judge yourself for your experience and what you're going through because it's real for you. And yeah, yeah, that's just where I'm at right now. But yeah, everyone's on their own journey and everyone's kind of experiencing similar
0: things just in their own capacity. Absolutely. Mm. Okay. So I'm not going to end there because (laughs) I've been really on this process of, you know, intuition and trying to communicate to people the importance of intuition and how you Mm. tap more into your intuition. Because what I've discovered is that there are a lot of people Mm. who don't even, they don't know what it feels like to be guided by their intuition. They're not in a place in their mind and in their body to trust what's coming up but it's not even i feel like it's not even necessarily a trust factor at the very beginning it's recognizing those little nudges and rec- recognizing when something is your intuition versus something being fear or something being intuition versus something being paranoid or or oh. you know what i mean so if yeah. you could give my listeners one tip to be able to further tap into their intuition what would that be
1: i think it's just starting small so any small decisions that you make throughout your day start to trust your own internal judgment on those things so if you even if you give yourselves options like you kind of go okay what do i want to have for lunch do i want to have a sandwich do i want to have a salad what do i feel pulled towards go with that like just start really small and start One area that can really help you kind of tap into it is by clearing space so that you can kind of allow yourself to trust that a bit more. So if you're doing stuff that you hate, or like we spoke about, there's things in your environment that just don't vibe with you and they're just like crowding your energy and all of that, start to clear out all of that so that you can make space so that you can actually hear your own guidance uh, clearer. And start to trust that a little bit more. But I think it's just, yeah, start small with small things, small decisions. And even um, what I really like, Karen Rolfe talks about this from Dressage Naturally. She just always asks her students when they're riding and things like that, she goes, oh, okay. Um, so I noticed that you're hanging on the right rein. Why Why is that? Hmm. And then gets them to answer. So like throw always kind of asking yourself and getting curious. You don't need to kind of... Like I was saying before, judge yourself, just start getting curious when your horse is doing something, start to sort of shift it to be like, hmm, why are they doing that? What feels good? What doesn't feel good? And start to tap more into that rather than going or even noticing those times where you kind of go, okay, I'm just doing this because someone told me to do it because I feel like I should start clearing out the shoulds and going, okay, what do I want? Mm -hmm. And that's going to take a bit of process, but yeah, start small.
0: Uh, that's fantastic advice. I really enjoy the advice about starting so small that you're literally mm-hmm. trusting what you feel like you would like to have to eat yeah. or lunch or eat for yeah. supper. And I feel like that's so small that we don't necessarily even attribute that to intuition We're just like, oh, well, I just know what I like or I don't like. But when you get really particular and you begin to have, we talk about feel with horses all the time, but we have the same feel for ourselves and our body. And and when you really tune into your intuition and you start to recognize those things where you're like, oh, I feel like I should have this today, or I feel like I need this today, then you can start to trust that, oh, that's Mm -hmm. what my body is needing right now not just because I like such and such but really tuning into what does my body need and how is that showing up for me whether that's in my thoughts Mm -hmm. in my emotions in my physical sensations whatever that might be I'm really recognizing that your body's always communicating something to you and Mm -hmm. that I just I love that example so much that's such a great place for people to start
1: yeah I got that example from um I am really interested in human design and that kind of thing. And yeah, in I found that really helped me accept myself and kind of tap more into me um, mm-hmm. if you're a sort of spiritually inclined or if you're just open to kind of looking at that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to work through that with some of my clients if they're kind of interested in it because I find if you can accept yourself, then it's going to make your journey with horses a lot easier too. But yeah, follow what kind of lights you up on those small small scales um, and trust your feeling because I'm sure if you're a little bit hesitant about that maybe there's times in the past where you've been told that it was wrong or something like that but allow yourself to yeah slow down and just start to make those small decisions
0: yeah so there's I'm gonna look this up for a second because I actually just read about this last night which is interesting and I also listened about it today and they both used a word. Okay. So it's actually defined as one of our senses, but it's interception, I believe is the word interception. And so I want to make sure I'm not saying that wrong. If I'm saying it wrong, I'm going to put it into my show notes that I just said that wrong, but, um, I'm reading about that in, uh, Daniel Siegel's work and then I listened to it in a podcast today. And essentially that is our sense of feeling what our body is communicating to us. And I really, I, I 100% agree that that's a great place for us to start. And Mm -hmm. then it's amazing to be able to translate that into our work with our horses. Um, Yeah. and And just
1: acknowledging the fact that you already do it already. Like how many times have you looked at your horse and been like, they don't look right today. Right. Like that's your own kind of internal compass guiding you or just those little like intuitive hits that you get where it's just like "Mm, something doesn't feel right. That's your intuition, like just those inner knowing kind of things.
0: I'm going to share a story right now that explains that to a T. So Mm -hmm. one day I went to tack my horse up and Mm -hmm. he's a very playful gelding and I went to put his bridle on and he quietly took the bit. And most people would be like, well, that was a nice change. Instead, I walked into the arena and I looked at the gentleman who was riding at the time. And I said, I don't think my horse feels well. Like, I feel like something's not right. He just took the bit without any, like, he normally like grabs the side pieces and you can't even get the bit in his mouth. And so rather than just looking at it and, and, and I didn't put a lot of thought into it. It just came out of my mouth that I didn't think my horse was feeling well. And I here's the problem. Not really a problem, but this is like that, that piece where you're really learning to tap into it. And then you start listening to it and you pay attention to it sooner and sooner is that I still Mm -hmm. swung a leg over and he actually, I only walked and jogged and he rode super well mentally connected. And I said, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, he's so soft in his mind and body right now. And then I stopped him in the center of the arena and Instead of stopping, he just started backing up, and he wasn't backing up panicked. He wasn't stressed. His head was down. He was nice and quiet, but he was backing up beyond when I said, "You're welcome to stop." And yeah. I looked over, and I was like, "This is weird." And then he tried to lay down. Yeah, so I hopped off. He went into a full blown colic that literally had him drooling, um, yeah. and it was it was so subtle. Had I not ridden him that night, I don't know if I had have caught it because his signs when we yeah. were there at the beginning were so subtle that it was a matter mm. of him not wanting to take and it, what he didn't say he didn't refuse to take the bid, he just mm. was quiet about it. Oh, versus so willing, his normal self, right? So willing. It oh my gosh! It
1: Gives me goosebumps thinking about that because there's yeah so many instances where like people have that where like that doesn't look quite right and then something will happen. So. Yeah. Just tapping into that. And I'm sure people have felt that in the past when they've been riding and been too scared to say something to their instructors too, when they've been like, Oh, I actually don't feel comfortable cantering. And then they do it anyway. And then they fall off or something like that. So yeah, just tapping into that inner knowing and being around people that you can trust and have offer that safe space for you to kind of like voice whatever you're feeling. Mm
0: -hmm. But yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Mm. We're going to cut it there. And I would love if you could come back on the show sometime because I feel like- that would be amazing. That would be great. And I want you to tell everyone where they can find you, tell them um, where they can find your Mm -hmm. podcast. And I am going to put it in my to-do list to go and listen to your podcast. And uh, I want to thank you for bringing your work into the world and and, uh, really just helping educate all of us and the equestrian community on all things mindful horsemanship oh, really. thank
1: you so much yeah. no it's been a journey so basically you can find me um at uh, on instagram at felicity davies with an underscore at the end and i'm also on facebook it's just felicity davies horsemanship i think that's the tag that should pop up for you if you search that i've got a facebook group in there Uh, If you want to join that where I post some free trainings and things like that as well. And I offer my signature course is a 12-week horsemanship program where the next round is starting in March. So I'll open enrollment next month, but basically I guide you through understanding how horses learn, working with them on the ground, desensitizing on the ground, desensitizing under saddle, and also guiding you through and work, helping you work through all of those mindset shifts along the way so that you can work towards achieving your goals. So that's my bread and butter. But then I also, if people just want an intro into the way that I kind of, um, the horsemanship and the what the basic what why and the how I've got a short course called equestrian essentials uh, on my website confident program.com that gives you a great kind of insight into okay how does horse training work how do our horses learn how can I apply this to anything I'm trying to teach them and just really simplify things for you and yeah the podcast is equestrian perspective so you can find that on apple Podcasts and spotify
0: all right Fantastic. Thanks again. Cool. I greatly appreciate you being on the show. You're so welcome. And
1: thank you so much for having me and reaching out to me. And yeah, it'll be fun to have around to maybe I'll
0: have you on the podcast. That'll be fun. Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be great. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. Cool. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a review and share it with your friends. To learn more about me and what else I have on the go, skip on over to NikkiPorter.ca. Thanks again for listening. And we'll connect again next week. Until then, remember, you have the power to take the reins and live the life you've always wanted. You just have to step into the arena with an open heart and an open mind.